Four, ensure your achievement. There is joy in work. There is no happiness except in the realization that we have accomplished something. Henry Ford. Wasting time at work. The epidemic continues. This was the title of an online article that piqued my interest, given the subject matter and my exploration of joy in work. The article asserted that employees wasting time at work is a deepening problem for employers. The lost productivity resulting from disengaged or distracted employees was described as a workplace epidemic. The article referenced two surveys, one sponsored by CareerBuilder and the other by Salary.com. These surveys provided perspectives from both employers and employees on how time is spent in the workplace. Both surveys indicated that employees spend substantial time on non-work-related activities during the workday. This likely comes as no surprise if you are among the legions of people who show up to the workplace daily. As such, the premise of the article is not particularly controversial. One underlying finding is, however, very instructive. Employees are quite busy during their time in the workplace. They, while admittedly not always productively engaged in their work, are active nonetheless. This suggests the real issue is less about a widespread aversion to perspiration, and more a lack of true inspiration. People are yearning for meaningful work. Let's explore what the survey says. Surveys say. The Career Builder survey included 2,200 hiring and human resource managers, and just over 3,000 workers, ages 18 and over. Participation was limited to full-time U.S. workers from the private sector. The survey revealed the top 10 contributors to wasted time in the workplace and the implications of the lower productivity. The most telling finding was that three of four employers estimated two or more hours a day of lost productivity. Due to distracted employees, among the top distractions were texting, social media, internet browsing, emails, meetings, and good old-fashioned gossip. The wasted time turns out to be costly, with employers citing negative consequences including compromised work quality, negative client and employee relationships, and lost revenue. While the reported findings were chiefly presented from the employer perspective. The responses from the workers surveyed corroborated the general findings regarding workplace distractions. Salary.com conducted the second survey cited. The company's survey for why and how your employees are wasting time at work complemented the Career Builder survey, given the responses were exclusively from the employee perspective. Of the 750 workers surveyed. 89% admitted to wasting some time at work. I am, however, intrigued that 11% of respondents purportedly don't waste a single minute at work. The most striking finding was nearly six in ten workers admitted to wasting one or more hours daily. How did they waste time? You might ask. The same way most people do. The top reported productivity inhibitors were social media, internet browsing. Unproductive meetings, water cooler conversations, and returning emails.
the CareerBuilder and Salary.com surveys were consistent on two basic findings. Workers are increasingly distracted, and the types of distractions are quite common. The survey results present a few dilemmas for employers. For starters, managers often surmise results differ among demographics. I've heard many strong opinions from managers on this topic. Managers have asserted younger professionals are more readily distracted, and female employees are more apt to socialize at work. This is where empirical findings are handy. The survey results suggest age matters little as it pertains to distractions in the workplace. The seasoned 50-year-old employee was just as likely to waste time as the spry 20-year-old employee. Single employees spent slightly more time on non-work-related activities, but the differences were not material. What about gender? Statistically, there was little difference in the findings for women and men. For the record, men reported wasting slightly more time than women in the workplace. How did employers respond to the growing distractions and adverse impact on productivity? The most common responses were to restrict the use of company resources and implement stricter rules of conduct. Employers blocked Internet sites, monitored emails, banned personal calls, and narrowly scheduled breaks. The challenge with such authoritative responses is they are generally interpreted as disempowering to employees. This ironically contributes to disengagement, which in turn makes employees more susceptible to distractions at work. Why ask why? It occurred to me that much of the analysis emphasized who, what, when, where, and how. However, the most valuable insights arguably resulted from one basic question. Why? Why do employees waste time at work? The workers surveyed generally offered one of four reasons for seeking distractions at work. The most common reason was feeling burned out. Many workers feel physically, mentally, and emotionally strained by the demands placed on them. Couple this with office politics, bureaucracy, and resource constraints, and it is understandable that over 50% of the employees cited this as the primary reason they seek distractions. While employers view this as wasted time, employees often perceive it as cause for acceptable breaks. The second reason workers seek distractions is simply boredom. About one in five individuals surveyed did not find their work challenging or interesting. The third reason individuals sought distractions at work was because they felt as though there was no incentive to work harder. This applied to monetary and non-monetary incentives alike. In short, they didn't feel effort was appropriately acknowledged and rewarded. The fourth reason workers seek distractions is they are unsatisfied with their jobs. A respected mentor described these as instances where employees quit and stay. Their discontentment with their role leads to distraction and disengagement. A cynic could surmise many people simply don't want to fully apply themselves in the workplace. I do not, however, accept the slacker theory. If we thoughtfully consider the perspectives of the workers surveyed, we uncover a different narrative. 
individuals yearn for meaningful work. Their motivations extend beyond simply earning a living. If workers devote most of their waking hours to the workplace, it should come as little surprise they want that investment to truly count. It is important to note employees are equally frustrated by low productivity in the workplace. Albeit they have some differing views from their employers as to the root causes, as well as the methods for improving. Employers can underappreciate that workers have a vested interest in improving productivity. In fact, the survey findings suggest workers are seeking a greater sense of achievement. They want a clear correlation between their efforts and the output of the enterprise. They want to know those efforts are acknowledged and valued. They want their employers to remove unnecessary obstacles and distractions that impact their ability to focus on their work. Finally, they want to experience the simple joy that comes from a job well done. Why are workers increasingly distracted and even disengaged? Just maybe they're seeking more joy in their work. A Winning Team Henry Ford, founder of the Ford Motor Company, is remembered as one of the world's foremost industrialists and for his revolutionary approach to assembly line production of the automobile. Though Ford invented neither the automobile nor the assembly line technique, his reinvention of work processes and culture enabled the mass production of affordable automobiles. He was a visionary, credited with business innovations such as the franchise system, which put dealerships throughout the United States as well as six continents around the globe. While Ford championed the mass production of cars and other goods to make them more affordable, it was his overall approach to the employee experience that accounted for his enduring impact on the workplace. One example was his approach to incentives. He believed in high wages for workers. As his business matured, he offered pay twice as high as the typical daily wage. Ford also was among the first to introduce a reduced and standardized work week. Ford first shifted to eight-hour workdays, then to a five-day work week, and is credited as a primary force in establishing the common practice of the 40-hour work week. His motives were not purely altruistic. Ford believed providing more leisure time for employees was good for business in two important ways. The increased leisure would promote better physical and mental welfare, improving productivity. Furthermore, the workers who were seeing unprecedented growth in their income would also be more likely to purchase the company's products. Ford's genius in many respects was less about automobiles and more about productivity in the workplace. Continuous and necessary improvements in productivity cannot be achieved simply through implementing technological advances or altering business processes. Today's workplace is ultimately people-powered. Henry Ford seemed to instinctively understand that essential truth. He married his revolutionary production techniques with equally revolutionary approaches for incentivizing and motivating his workforce. While he utilized external incentives, such as attractive wages and increased leisure time, he also recognized the importance of intrinsic motivation. He recognized that people are inwardly motivated to strive for achievement. 
He knew from his personal experience that achievement had to be tied to work the individual found fulfilling. He saw this as an intrinsic motivation for those he hired. Toward the later stage of his successful career, he focused on management philosophy and the employee experience. He believed employees should thrive in the workplace. True to his values, he viewed productivity and achievement as essential contributors to one's success and joy in the workplace. Recall the four factors that shape our experience in the workplace. Achievement, the fourth and final factor, enables productivity and is the cornerstone of personal fulfillment in the workplace. Our achievements are the results produced by our efforts. In the introduction, we defined work as mental and physical effort applied to achieve an intended result. Achievement is properly framed in the context of attaining an envisioned outcome. Achievement is not synonymous with activity. Activity without progress may indeed qualify as a distraction, but doesn't quite qualify as productive work. The surveys previously cited disclosed a variety of unproductive activities that occur in the workplace. When we successfully finish a task, reach a goal, or complete a mission, we know we have accomplished something worthwhile. We have the inward knowledge that both our effort and our output are good. Measuring achievement is the way we keep score in the workplace. That winning feeling we associate with achievement is more valuable than remuneration or recognition. It is a measure of joy we find in our work. Henry Ford, wittingly or unwittingly, tapped into a remarkable truth. Our work offers us a different kind of joy than our play when we collaborate with others to achieve a shared goal. Running for Joy I have always embraced hard work. I like to say I am wired for work. I have a strong achievement orientation that drives my personal and professional pursuits. A dear friend once observed that my preferred leisure activities seem more like work. How you interpret that remark depends on your view of work. His remark was insightful in this respect. You learn a lot about an individual based on how they spend their time. About 12 years ago, I stumbled onto what has become one of my favorite pastimes. Our family had moved to the friendly confines of a quiet suburb. We were surrounded by forest preserves and bike trails that provided ample opportunities for outside activity. Eager to shed a few unwanted pounds around my midsection and improve my fitness level, I decided to add running to my routine. My first run was physically and mentally challenging. It was naturally difficult because I was not in running condition. I was thoroughly winded by the time I reached the first mile marker. However, there was something else at play. I didn't have a clear goal and felt as if I was running aimlessly. I realized I had to generate some internal motivation or else my running days were numbered. That very evening, I signed up for a local 5K race. My goal over the next month was simple. I would run three days per week with the objective of becoming fit enough to complete the 5K run without stopping. I didn't set a time objective for my first race. The goal was simply to finish. With that simple goal in hand, I completed the race and received a small medal. I was so proud of that little medal. I signed up for several more races that summer, ending with a five-mile race. 
Over the next several years, I progressed from five-mile courses to ten-mile courses, and then to running half marathons. Over time, I entered fewer official races, opting for the serenity of running alone. This time with nature provides wonderful opportunities for reflection and meditation. I relished the physical challenge as well as the spiritual rejuvenation. I wouldn't have predicted I'd become an avid runner. I realized this pastime aligns with my natural achievement orientation. As with many runners, I eventually set my sights on completing a marathon. Completing my first Chicago marathon still ranks as one of my most memorable personal achievements. I've completed a total of three marathons and numerous other long-distance races. While each experience has been unique, three common lessons are essential to completing the course. First, you must plan to finish. Second, you must run your own race. Third and finally, you must keep your mind on the prize. I have come to accept these lessons as essential, also, for achieving meaningful goals in the workplace. Let's study all three lessons as we advance to the finish. Crossing the finish line. The first lesson I learned is this: you must plan to finish. Completing a marathon does not require an exceptional level of athletic ability. It is true some individuals are naturally inclined toward distance running. It is also true that some people have physical barriers or limits that prevent distance running. Nonetheless, many average Janes or Joes have the potential to complete the course. Whether you're a natural athlete or a couch potato, you must employ the right plan to make it to the finish. My marathon plan involved 18 weeks of training. The schedule required measured increases in mileage, with the peak coming several weeks before race day. While many people highlight the required long runs, the discipline of following the plan is the key to achieving the goal. This includes committing to a healthy diet and healthy sleeping habits. How does this apply to achievement in the workplace? You must plan to be successful. It takes discipline to achieve clearly identified goals. Many individuals expect their talent to drive results. However, talent alone isn't enough. The discipline applied to preparation and performance daily leads to achieving desired outcomes. This discipline extends to our personal lives as well. Committing to a healthy lifestyle is a key contributor to ensuring we are at our best as we pursue our vocation. Our personal and professional disciplines are the key to achieving important goals. The second lesson I learned is you must run your own race. When I told the line for my first marathon, nearly forty thousand participants joined me. There was naturally a fair amount of anxiety and excitement as you set out to achieve something you've been preparing for diligently. When the race begins, it is easy to fall into running the pace of contestants most proximate to you. One of the keys to persevering is running the race for which you've trained and sticking to your game plan. Achievement in the workplace is similar. We all have defined roles and responsibilities. We also have areas or conditions in which we thrive. Work environments can be stressful or competitive at times. It is easy to allow anxiety or insecurity to creep in. 
This may cause us to behave in a manner inconsistent with our values, or cause us to drift from our defined role or responsibility. Achieving shared goals and outcomes in the workplace requires us to fully commit to our assigned role and responsibility. It also requires us to be true to our values and to trust our co-workers to be true to theirs. If we each dedicate ourselves to serving the mission by running our assigned race, we can achieve great things through our work. The third and final lesson I learned is you must keep your mind on the prize. If you faithfully complete the training, you are physically equipped to complete the course. This is not to say it is not physically demanding. Your body will go as far as your mind takes you. The interesting part about running the marathon for the first time is you don't run the full distance during training. Most training plans top out around 20 miles. This means on race day you literally run further than you've ever run in a single session. Finishing requires focus and faith. When you get to the final stages of the race, the physical toll mounts. This may be further complicated by unanticipated occurrences such as unfavorable weather. The truth is, you prepared for this and you have everything it takes to finish if you don't quit. The key is focusing on the prize from start to finish. Our experiences in the workplace are similar. Our education and training provide us with the competencies required to complete our assigned tasks. Our discipline and values enable us to faithfully fulfill our distinct roles and responsibilities. But our mental focus enables us to commit ourselves to the achievement of important work objectives. When I think of mental fortitude in a professional context, my neighbor Ronald immediately comes to mind. Ron is an orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedics, Ron explained, is a medical specialty that focuses on the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of injuries and disorders of the bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, and muscles. As avid runners appreciate, it is not uncommon to suffer various injuries as one adds on the mileage. It has been very fortuitous for me to have an orthopedic surgeon as a neighbor and friend. Ron has provided me with invaluable medical advice over the years and some impromptu treatment at acute times of need. Ron aspired to be a doctor from an early age. I always wanted to be a doctor, but I really didn't have an idea of what kind of doctor, Ron explained. During his time in medical school, he had the opportunity to work with many types of doctors and ultimately chose to focus on orthopedics. I felt that the orthopedic surgeons worked hard and really enjoyed what they did, Ron observed. Driven by early visions of becoming a physician, he was no stranger to hard work. As a surgeon, Ron is often able to help patients who are injured or impaired return to high levels of function. What impresses me about Ron's vocational journey is the discipline and determination necessary to achieve his position. His specialty required nearly a decade of higher education and specialized training before he was fully qualified to perform surgeries. I can personally attest that Ron is especially well-suited for his vocation. Each insightful diagnosis and successful surgery reaffirms his calling. Crossing the marathon finish line is one of the most exhilarating feelings I've experienced. In the same manner, taking important assignments across the finish line in a work setting gives us a deep sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. This is analogous to Ron's achievements on his vocational journey. 
the path to discovering joy in your work is lined with the mile markers of achievement. Crossing the finish line is pure joy. Chapter 4 Reflections Ensure Your Achievement Key Insights Don't be distracted from meaningful work. Limit internet browsing, social media, emails, and meetings. Avoid workplace gossip. Achievement enables productivity, leading to personal fulfillment in the workplace. Work offers more joy when collaborating with others to achieve a shared goal. Plan to finish, run your race, and keep your mind on the prize in order to accomplish your goals. Preparation, coupled with daily discipline, leads to high performance and desired outcomes. Shared goals and outcomes require full commitment to your assigned roles and responsibilities. Training provides competencies required to fulfill your role. Values enable you to faithfully carry out your responsibilities.